Y'all know about Six God? Y'all know about Drizzy? Y'all know about young Drake? There's this crazy photo of Drake walking up to his friend and he's like, hey! Zoom and enhance, zoom and enhance, zoom and enhance. His beard is just hanging off his face a little bit. It's a fucking no. adhesive, you guys. No, Drizzy it Drake's is hair. Not. There's no way it looks like that. No. Yes, I will pull up. <laughs> is it like a 1920s bus? Like Shock Jock Rylan couldn't be like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the Vuvuzela. I didn't like that. <laughs> What's that? You remember from the soccer? No. From the football? Oh, I certainly remember? don't remember from the they soccer. They sound or a the little football. something like this. <laughs> <laughs> talk about fake drake beard gate fake drake beard, fake drake and beard gate. gate okay yes drake beard i gotta google this that would be the best fake rumor to spread about somebody well they have a fake here's the beard. thing is it's a real rumor. wait but this is not drake sure it is <laughs> that does not, what do you mean it's not drake. that does not that looks like a drake impersonator i'm looking at the fake drake yeah and it's not just a fake beard, it's a fake Drake, because I have analyzed the dental records, and this guy's got a f- motherfucking set of teeth that does not come with money. Whereas Drake has some obviously motherfucking dentists on a retainer, and this guy's never had a retainer in his life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What about this? All famous people have human teeth under their celebrity teeth, and the celebrity teeth are just a teeth jacket they put on their people teeth. And what if Drake took out his celebrity teeth that morning, and he had to just run to Starbucks really quick, and also he didn't have time to go get his lace front beard sewn in and glued down, so he just got his like really quick going to pick up the newspaper beard, and he slapped that on, but he didn't put enough Elmers on the side, and that's where we get... So this is going to be pretty challenging. Okay, let's get you ready for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%. It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. Life pile. This is Life Pile Podcast, the only podcast that knows what a human body smells like. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. And I'm six tiny gay raccoons stuffed into a J. Crew button down Dylan Bragasa. There's an I in little and an I in tiny, but there's no I in small. It's Ryland. This is The Little Show. This week, our theme is all about the littlest things in life. And, you know, they say the biggest presents come in the littlest packages. So (laughs) this podcast is our little gift to you. (laughs) Life Pile Podcast is the little old podcast for little people on the little prairie who don't let facts get in between them and the lifestyle section. Every week, we give you lifestyle tips. We review some of the hottest lifestyles to live. 
and we give free lifestyling advice to people who call in. That's 720-663-8163. That's right, 720-663-8163. You can text message or leave a voicemail. Let us know if you want to be anonymous, because we will DDoS attack you, dog. Or you can send us an email at lifepileshow at gmail.com. Drop a line, say hi. It costs thousands of dollars to contract us as lifestylists, so you get our time for free. Now, Cam, before we started recording, I put out a video on Instagram asking for lifestyles to live or leave, and we got a few responses. Hey! When you are sucking dick, make sure it's good, or else it'll be bad. That's my tip. And how do you make sure that it's good? Do you just stop and ask a bunch? No, no, no. You got to make sure it's good dick. If it's not good dick, it can't be good head. Oh, oh so the dick is in the mouth of the beholder. <laughs> gotcha. That's confusing. Ooh, that's confusing. All right, we got another one. Take screenshots of your home pages on your phone so when you delete an app in your pocket, it doesn't drive you insane trying to figure out which app is gone. Oh. Who deletes apps in their pocket? What Not a me. weirdly specific problem. You know what? It's probably, it's one of those serial killers who's got pockets full of fingers. Uh, and, you know, you throw your phone in there and they're just poking around. Right. How are you in a situation where you're like, I need an app? But I don't know what it is. I, I use it all the time, but I don't know what it is. And I can't find it. Where is it gone? If you've loved and lost, but you can't remember what you lost, then you never loved at all. That's what I say to this caller. She was the one who got away. Charlene or Carol. Something with a C. Maybe a Stacy. I wrote it down here somewhere. Where is that page? Was it Duolingo or Maps or Yahoo Weather? I don't know. We And then the last one we got just says eat the booty like groceries which i can get behind take the booty home store it in <laughs> dark cool containers let the booty go bad throw out the booty and order pizza at 2 a.m but fall asleep before it arrives but like i i, I mean i know that that phrase is cool it's hip it's happening you but, think uh, eating booty is a trend rylan no, no i just groceries is so many things do you yeah. do you want somebody eating your booty like Broccoli and cream corn. Yeah. Like you eat those in two different ways. <laughs> I <mean> variety. <laughs> Baby, eat my butt like broccoli and cream corn. <laughs> eat my butt like tortilla chips and toilet paper. <laughs> eat my butt like bubble gum. You chew it up and you spit it out. Oh my God. Can't you find your like top three favorite groceries to narrow it down? There's got to be some better groceries. <laughs> Eat the booty like corn cob. <laughs> Eat my booty like the salmon that you got at the fish place in the back of the grocery store. The Love that. Place. Yeah, drizzle it with olive oil, add some salt and rosemary, put it in at 420 for 50 minutes. No, that's not how you I make mean, it. I mean, what if somebody puts your booty in the toaster and they're like, like a Pop-Tart, baby? You know, you don't want that. You told me to do this. <laughs> Let's, let's let's hey Dylan, let me reach into your bag. Please. Here here, let me open it for you. Go ahead, reach in there. Should we go with a text that we got? Sure. While Cam's reaching into the bag, I'll cue the listeners in here. We receive texts, and if you guys do that, we would like them to still be in an audio format because you're listening to a podcast. So we're going to take those texts you sent us, and we're going to have our personal assistant go ahead and read them into the microphone here. Gabriel, go ahead. 
Well, I'm not personally living this life, but the lifestyle of modern dating, in particular, the bench. The bench, you say, Gabriel. <laughs> okay, so he's not living this lifestyle, but he's thinking in particular of the modern lifestyle practice of the bench. I don't know this practice. What is this? I have such an innate understanding of sports that I get it, but I haven't heard of it either. The bench in regards to modern dating is the notion that you are in a casual dating place. You're maybe not in a committed relationship right now, but you are shopping around your options and you have a quote unquote bench upon which you have kept several romantic prospects who have not yet graduated to your most exclusive tier. And you alternate the folks on the bench as you decide who will become America's next top significant other <laughs> yay also you take this to a whole nother level if you fill out your whole bench with the worst possible dating prospects you can find heroin addicts con men okay convicted criminals okay right and year after year you keep filling out your bench with the worst possible dating prospects okay, okay. and the fans will start to lose faith okay the owners will start to get mad at you but you have to say trust in the plan okay because every year the dating selection goes down and because your bench is so far below par you get the first dibs on the best new prospects so now you're filling out your bench with all the ceos and all the best-selling authors because you spent five years slumming it trust in the plan see kim i thought you were gonna take it you you save up your money and you're investing in the actual bench itself you're trying to get the (laughs) longest bench possible just a nice big glorious hardwood maybe it has to wrap around the stadium it's gotta be sturdy real sturdy and you are essentially draining the city of all dating prospects because you know what they're all sitting on your bench and you're collecting them all you're cataloging them all you're sorting them and like cam said you're taking the worst ones out of the game so when you go out into the wild you're at your bar you're at your club all the best dating prospects are there because we're all the shit guys they're sitting on your bench back in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, they call that trawling. Trawling. And it works. Wow. You pick up the garbage to find the jewels. <laughs> I get it. Also, you can turn all your criminals into like a crime fighting squad because like who better can fight crime than criminals themselves? They're so oh. good at knowing crime. Who better to catch huh? a thief than a thief? Well, Dylan, I think this is a great idea. The bench. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a very happy and committed relationship. So, yeah, But I know there are a lot of people out there that can't have a bench because, you know, they're lucky to find one person to sit on it. Gosh. Um, <laughs> You want to sit on it? No? You're the 20th one today. So I'm just saying, anybody out there that can't identify with the bench, keep that chin up. Um, you'll find somebody. Now, you guys, we can talk all day about having our bench and filling our bench out and getting a sturdy bench and making people sit on it. What would you guys think about finding out that you're on someone else's bench? I would be honored. Thank you. It's an honor. You know, I might never play the game, but just to be there and watch why they win the ring, I'm on. Just to be nominated is <laughs> an honor. <laughs> I've been on the bench multiple times, and it is always very upsetting to me. So, Are you like sitting next to the other guys, and you're like, hey, what's up? And God, it's the worst when that happens. <laughs> or was it something that you found out after the fact? It was, I mean, it was known, but not like us talking to 
each other a benchmates is always us figuring out through the opposing team or our coach who is this person that's <laughs> <laughs> the audience is there there's someone yelling peanuts peanuts <laughs> The opposing team, does that mean you talk to the boyfriend and the boyfriend is like, oh no, you don't have a chance with her. You're fourth on the bench. Oh my gosh. If he's in play, he's on my team, right? I, I like, isn't that how this works? So she's Tiger Woods. She's in a sand trap. You are a long driver, but her caddy is handing you a putter. Her a putter. You're, you're in the back. She has to stand up and ask your honor, may I please approach the bench? <laughs> There's an old woman there who says, you have my permission. Is that where the okay. jury sits? Where, where's the bench? Wait, where's the jury? Wait, where's the judge? Where's the bailiff? Okay, y'all. Here's the thing. I was joking earlier. It is awful to be on the bench because anytime everyone always feels the same way, you came to play. All right. Sure. Put me in, coach. Yeah. I can make the game winner. In high school, I was date number two on Halloween. Wait, so it was like the other person trick-or-treated for the first part of the night, and then you got to do the rest of the trick-or-treating? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was round two of trick-or-treat festival, and wow. this was high school, so I shouldn't have been trick-or-treating. You should but have. They went. they went as the couple from Juno, so oh she was God. pregnant teen mom, and he was... What was that guy's name? Michael Sarah. Okay. <laughs> and then for round two, it was Juno and me, aka Batman. Just <laughs> 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 going through the neighborhood. And let me just say, Batman, better match for Juno than Michael Sarah. That's crazy that you were able to pull it out when they started the night with a couple's costume. I know. It's so dumb. But and and but I will never return to that place again. Like I'm not going to compete anymore, okay? If you want to play the game with me, it better be one-on-one like chess or dominoes. <laughs> I don't like games except for chess and dominoes, <laughs> two-person volleyball. <laughs> Two-person tennis. All right. I think we answered that voicemail well. Do we have any corrections? I know I do. A listener wrote in, and they said, during last week's airing of Go Big or Go Phone Home, the final question was about Texas's famous motto, and I said it was everything's bigger in Texas, a.k.a. everything's big bigger in Texas. Sure. (laughs) But apparently Texas's real motto is friendship. Just the word friendship? (laughs) (laughs) They did it wrong. So that translates roughly to... Big friendship. (laughs) So that actually takes a point away from Cam. And so he's at negative three. And Dylan, you still win with 11 points. Or maybe it was 10. Yes, (laughs) God. That's it for corrections, right? The part of the show that's fake because we get everything right every time? (laughs) All right. Yes. Who's got a lifestyle tip? I have a lifestyle tip. It is. You guys cry. Cry like the wind. Cry like nobody's watching. Hold me closer. Tiny Tiny dancer. Crier. Oh, Cam's trying to do it right now, and it's making me really scared because he's getting really close to actually crying. I didn't think he could actually do that. That's incredible. Cam is crying. I hate this. Oh, this makes me so uncomfortable. I take my tip back. I take it back. <laughs> you told me I made myself very vulnerable because you asked. <laughs> and now I'm crying and I'm being mocked. I made myself very vulnerable this week. I went and saw that movie, Eighth Grade. 
by a one Mr. Bo Burnham. And everyone in the theater was laughing and cackling because they were like, ha ha, the joke is it's like a depiction of an adolescent who's not being portrayed by like Megan Fox. And like, that's the joke. Like, she's not sexy. And (laughs) what the actual point of the movie was, she's navigating young womanhood. And oh my God, Cam is dabbing his eyes with Kleenex because he actually (laughs) cried. You told me to. I cannot believe you did it. I can't believe that you asked me to do it and then mocked me within 30 seconds of me doing <laughs> no, nothing I don't. <laughs> it was a tip cam last week i told you to drink your crumblers you didn't rush your kitchen and get a bag of tostitos scoops but i did cry <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like to cry do you ever cry oh my god i went to go see a movie too i went to see the very emotional ant-man and the wasp oh my god uh, <laughs> but there was a trailer before the movie and it was so sad. I for, I don't remember what the movie was called, and I almost <laughs> cried during this trailer for a movie, and yeah, so I want to go see that movie, and I was wondering about it, like, why do I like movies that make me cry and make me feel like shit? Why why is that good to me? That makes more sense to me than movie people who have a desire to see movies that make them scared and not able to sleep. Yeah. Crying is yeah. a catharsis for me. Crying makes me feel good. Busting makes me feel good, but more so crying <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> So that makes full sense. How do you feel? So this is a thumbs up for eighth grade. I'm fully planning on seeing eighth grade this week for a second time. Because I... I cried for an hour and a half straight at the very beginning. I was just wiping my eyes, wiping my eyes. And I got to a point where I was just like, you know what? These are all going to soak back in my skin and then I'm going to cry them back out. No point in trying to put on airs. And so I just let them run, baby. And I looked like a juicy, sloppy, wet sponge that entire movie. I got to recommend this lifestyle tip. I think it's a great one. I don't cry enough. Usually... During a movie, if it gets me and I start to cry, I will find the nearest biggest man and say, no, you're crying. And then I'll start punching him. But when I was in like first grade, after I decided I couldn't be a criminal as my life career. I told you guys that story, right? (laughs) You did. I decided I was going to be an actor in like first grade. Huh. And what is an actor? Somebody who cries on command. Yeah. So (laughs) it became my immediate number one priority to teach myself how to cry on command. Wow. Cue first grader Cam just like staring at his teacher as tears just like (laughs) streaked down his face. Oh my god. Because I just thought like I just had to do that and then I'd be an actor. And so it is one of the strange useless talents I have and I don't get to use it enough. And so heck yeah, cry as much as you want. If somebody asks you to cry, do it instantly on command because it is cathartic. It does feel nice. For you, knowing how to cry on command, is it a physical thing or are you tapping into like an emotional maelstrom that's inside of you all the time? Here's what I did. First grade, I went down to the pet store. I adopted a puppy. No, no. And I took it down to the creek next to my grandma's house and I choked it to death. No, you didn't know this. Just so that I would have fodder so that emotionally now when I think about what I did to that poor dog who trusted me and loved me and looked at me with such confusion in his eyes, it makes me cry every time. My grandfather did that. What? (laughs) (laughs) No! No, it's a made-up story, Riley. No! My grandfather did that for real. They had... 
I don't know. This is something that his kids told as stories. So I never heard it from him himself, and they weren't witnesses. But their dog had a litter of puppies, and <sighs> they say that he took them away and drowned them. But who knows what he actually did? I mean, were there pounds back then? I don't know. This was like the 1800s, dude. Where do you put a puppy that you don't want? Okay. So cry. Crying is definitely a good solution <laughs> to a lot of things. I've got a tip for you guys. I wanted to do a themed thing. This is the tiny show, and I didn't want to talk about my penis, so I decided <laughs> instead to go to Costco and get some advice there. But they only come in eight packs of tiny advice. So <laughs> entrepreneurs.com, eight tiny changes to make your life ten times more enjoyable. Oh. I just thought we could zoop through these real quick. Zoop. Number one, reprogram your mind to stay positive. Okay? Wow. Remember to plug that cord in every now and then and update those drivers, all right? Because that's all you got to do. My positivity drivers? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Get into the binary and switch some of them around. Number two, set your alarm half an hour earlier. No. Then what? <laughs> than what it is right now and once that happiness vibe goes away set it half an hour earlier again and again until you're just never going to sleep you're always going to be so happy every 30 minutes an alarm goes off and you scream (laughs) (laughs) number three clean up after yourself immediately Right now. Okay. Right now. Yeah, I think when I get to that like delirious place where I've been telling myself I'm happy over and over again and I don't sleep anymore, that I'm going to be cleaning things that I didn't even make dirty in the first place. Yeah. So this is going to work. Number four, don't overcommit. Don't commit yourself to setting your alarm 30 minutes earlier all the time. Just don't. <laughs> it's not an achievable goal. <laughs> don't commit yourself to putting on clothes before you go to work, getting on trains that have already stopped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, don't be so predictable. Come on. Again, I think this will be an automatic one after I do tips one through four. <laughs> what did you have for dinner last night? Oh, I ate a rock. Um, <laughs> I ate a bunch of makeup. Oh, me? I uh, I went to the pet store and I adopted a puppy and then I took it to the creek down uh, by grandma's no! house. No! <laughs> my best me. Wow, you seem ten times more enjoyable. <laughs> Number six, swap complaining for expressing gratitude. I'm grateful that I'm not walking as slow as this dumb idiot in front of me on the sidewalk. <laughs> that sounds yeah. good. I think that's a good way to twist it around. Number seven, Stop comparing yourself to others. Cam, I know you're always looking at my nipples and wishing they were the same size. <laughs> I'm always Stop. looking at Ryan's nipples and I'm like, why are they different sizes? Why can't they just be the same size? <laughs> no, the same size as yours. <laughs> Number eight, the final one. Tackle that one thing you've been putting off. Tackle it. <laughs> just tackle, tackle it. it. Just get it over with. Uh, finding a wife. Tackle That friend from high school who he was wanting to get in touch again. <laughs> tackle him. That offensive lineman? Stop putting him off. Tackle. <laughs> I love the sentiment that you're trying to put on all these quick tiny tips, Ryland, but I do want to say the majority of them are like, you know how you're sad and stuff is not good? What if it was good and it was not bad? And those aren't tips. Those are nonsense. That's why I like the set your alarm half an hour earlier tip, because that's so quantifiable. That's like, true. it's just you do it and you're done and apparently you're 10 times happier. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's a, like they don't say anything about when you go to sleep? Yeah, they don't say get more <laughs> sleep. They say get less sleep, apparently. Yeah. 
yeah. sleeping too much, making you sad. Now that's the thing. You guys ever sleep too much and you're tired the whole day? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. Why? What's up with bodies? What's up with bodies? What's up with bodies? What's up with bodies? Cam, do you have a tip? I sure do, y'all. Here's my lifestyle tip. You have got to believe in yourself the way Amish people believe in God. <laughs> How do Amish people believe in God? Well, they're God-fearing people, I'll tell you that. Okay. And they don't use electricity. That's what we gotta do. Oh. So you gotta believe in the you that is a terrifying God that doesn't want you to use a cell phone. Huh. So if I'm exercising self-care, I need to take a bunch of butter I hand-churned myself, mm-hmm. take my hands, cup, cup, cupping, turn it into a little sphere, throw it into a pool of water, Amish bath bomb. That's self-care. Yeah. Do you ever see Cosmo with a cover that says, hey, top 10 tips to get your Amish husband more happy in bed? No. Right. Because they're already perfectly happy in bed. Okay. Think about churning that butter. All right. Doing that three hours a day and then come on home to your husband. (laughs) And are you doing the math? Is it translating for you, Dylan? I feel like every religion should have that version of uh, Rumpelstiltskin. What do they call that thing in Amish land? Springa is what you're trying to say. Yes. Rump- I feel like every religion should have that. Just say, hey, why don't you go try living a sinful lifestyle? If you like it, fuck you. I don't want you back here anymore. <laughs> and if you don't like it, come back. True or false, Rumspringa is just the Amish version of the purge. Uh I'm right. Am I not right? Oh, yeah. They can just like break. There's no laws. Yeah. You heard it here first. The Amish people invented the purge. They came up with that first. I want them to get money for those ticket sales. Did you hear about Abraham? He just went around putting up barns wherever he wanted to. He put one right in the center of town. Put a barn right in the middle of the road. Put a barn on top of the Johnson's well. It's Amish purge, (laughs) y'all. Lifepile Army, do they deserve... Like to do away with treat yourself and maybe start in beat yourself. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh no, still positive. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I was thinking more of like a harsh punishment. Or no, what's the inverse of rumspringa? Because we live in a permanent state of rumspringa as mortals. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So you send all the teenagers to an Amish town. Fifteen years old, take away the cell phone for self care. Oh, see, I keep thinking punishment. You're very positive. I keep going, no, we punish him. Well, I have a name for it. I have a name for it. What's the okay, name? Because Rumspringa is from German, and it translates to jumping slash hopping around. Lol. So now English lying down, German, Hinlegen. Henlegen. Y'all Henlegen? I love this tip, Cam. Henlegen. Ooh, I'm feeling it's a Henlegen coming on. Take some time for yourself. So get out of the rat race. Start Henlegen. Turn some butter. <laughs> Play with some faceless dolls. Record yourself breaking your phone. Upload that to YouTube. Then get off YouTube for a while. Okay? <laughs> Catch you guys later. You won't see me posting or commenting. I'm getting away from the Facebook and the negativity and all the political BS. And I'm headlagging. I think that's great. Well, let's get into some lifestyle reviews. Who's got our first lifestyle this week? So have you guys ever heard of this drug called DMT? Mm-mm. No. 
is that the stuff that's supposed to be released in your brain when you die, according to all the stoners who I went to college with? Oh boy. No, I'm. I maybe, I, but no, maybe that's a uh, bullshit that people say. But I don't think it's actually true. It's found in plants all across the world, part of South American shaman rituals, mm. and it's usually one of the main ingredients in ayahuasca. I've heard of her. <laughs> yeah, she put out a great album last year. <laughs> so it it is a very uh, hallucinogenic drug that's found in nature and used throughout the world. And in a paper published in the Journal of Mental Science in 1958, this man named Stephen Cesara described experiments he performed using DMT. And while under the influence of the drug, one of his subjects experienced strange creatures, dwarves or something, at the beginning of a DMT trip. What do you mean experienced? <laughs> I experienced a dwarf. <laughs> Taste, touch, sound, smell, every sense. I do think it is like that. We're going to get into it, but I, I think it's beyond just seeing, and it is more experiencing. Seven years later, a philosophy and ethnobotanist named Terence McKenna encountered these tiny beings again. Creatures called many names now, such as clockwork elves, fractal elves, tykes, but known mostly as machine elves. What? So here he is uh, describing his first encounter with the machine elves. What was happening was that there were a lot of beings in there. What I call self-transforming machine elves, sort of like jeweled basketballs all <laughs> dribbling their way toward me. And if they had faces, they would have been grinning, but they didn't have faces. Oh my god. Like the Amish dolls. <laughs> and they assured me that they loved me and that they told me not to be amazed, not to give way to astonishment. I'm beautiful. Don't be amazed. I'm gorgeous. I'm a jeweled basketball bouncing at you. Do not be amazed. And according to McKenna, after doing some studies on this, he said, if a sufficient amount of DMT is smoked by inhaling deeply three times anyone is guaranteed to encounter these same machine elves <laughs> and apparently what? this is a common thing across the world people have described seeing these things in different forms by taking the DMT so, what? his study is hey this three times and I came to you're gonna see a machine elf. Right. Okay, let me try it. I'm supposed to see machine elves right now? Oh shit, I do. Your lifestyle is that guy who lived down the hall from you in the dorms? <laughs> yes. No, I mean, it's about these tiny little elves, okay? Let me continue on, okay? okay. That's what it's about. It's about, it's about the elves, man. man. I'm not getting it, man. Why aren't you listening? This all goes back to the elves. Don't you get it? McKenna states that once an individual enters this space, the entities seem to cheer or say, Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they come towards the individual. Okay. Everybody was kung fu fighting. 
the machine elves are engaged in some kind of communication, although it's described as being a visual language, man. But it's very important that you do not become overwhelmed with astonishment. McKenna says you can do not be amazed. You can die at this what? point due to the sheer amount of information being thrown at you. What information is being thrown at me? Basketballs. They're all saying hey. That's it. <laughs> Can you imagine having the balls to walk into somebody else's dimension and go, hey, I'm fucking amazing. Try not to freak out because of how beautiful I am. I'm so cool you could fucking die. That takes some big cojones. Like that's a hell of an OK Cupid profile. Balls so big that perhaps you just look like one giant ball cam. One glittery basketball. How is a glittery basketball an elf? I have no idea how this is an elf. elf. It's grinning. It's grinning. I swear it doesn't have a face but it's grinning. Okay. I mean I'm willing to say that you will guarantee to see mechanical elves every three times you smoke TMT, if we can agree that a golden basketball is an elf, then yes. If any random bullshit is an elf, then yes, you are guaranteed to see elves. They also, they do specific things. They do more than just bounce and grin without grinning. Okay. Alright? They fix shoes. They sabotage airplanes. (laughs) They make gifts for good little boys and girls. They can sing objects into existence. Amazing objects. Objects that are Fabergé eggs. Things made out of pearl and metal and glass and gel. And you, when you're shown one of these things, a single one of them, you look at it and you know without a shadow of a doubt in the moment of looking at this thing that if it were right there right now, the world would go mad. What are you saying? It was amazing. They sang about these kicks that were fast as lightning. And then I saw these kicks that were so fast that if you saw these kicks, your mind would go insane from the bare truth of it all. I'm a little upset right now because Ryan said he was going to talk to us about uh, DMT and machine elves. And I feel like this conversation has made me smoke three hits of DMT. Do you see my balls bouncing at you? Try not to be amazed. I dare you not to be amazed. <laughs> these elves, these elves, they're very uh, tricky. They like they're happy <laughs> and they're always funny and laughing and giggling. But there's something about it where you know there's like a malevolence behind it. Uh. And Terrence is pretty sure that if an elf jumps through you, you die. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> What's his test? I asked him to jump through five dogs, and seven of those dogs died, so I'm not letting him jump through me. The bottom bunk of this bed is melting right now, you guys, and I think if I were to fall through it, I would go right into the RA's room, you guys, I swear. I swear to God, Don't let that machine elf jump through you, bro! Watch out! What did this guy do that his dorm room conversation got so important and published and distributed that we're hearing about it now exactly yeah that's that's the thing like it sounds ridiculous but terence mckenna he went around the world talking to different cultures who had never encountered him and had never talked about the machine elves before and he interviewed them and he found out oh yeah we know what these things are like they're part of our culture and so Uh. it's a common thing throughout the world 
like the Tibetan monks, they identify the creatures as lesser lights of the bardo, which is uh, the transitional state between death and rebirth. There in South America, people talked about these little spirits as spirits of the ancestors that haven't gone on. But I first encountered this idea in a book, Sex, Drugs, Einstein and Elves. Which was by uh, Clifford Pickover, and he talks about the idea as we are actually taking this drug and it allows us to see a dimension that always exists outside of ourselves, but the drug allows us to see it for the first time. And these elves are consistent throughout anybody that sees these things. And it has gotten to such a big level of conspiracy theory that Alex Jones himself, the notorious crazy conspiracy theorist, believes that the government is all the DMT to themselves so that they can communicate with these machine elves. Nobody sees the elves but me. Yes, exactly. They get to talk to the machine elves and learn about the alternate reality and nobody else can. He thinks that the machine elves have knowledge because they are in a dimension beyond our own and so the government can use this knowledge in some way for some nefarious thing to turn the frogs gay. Well, let's hope. This is hard for me. <laughs> this is hard for me because it's right at my threshold of like, yeah, like for sure there's a dimension on top of our dimension that we can't perceive. To think that human beings can perceive everything that exists is hogwash. Glowing basketballs. <laughs> I don't know if those are the occupants of that. But then again, I haven't done the DMT. Maybe I need to. Yeah. Maybe they exist in a fourth dimensional space. And so we're seeing a smushed out version of them. Almost as if he took a plushie and smashed it between two pieces of glass. So it's completely 2D. So they're a normal elf shape in four dimensional space. But then you just get a slice of them in our third dimensional space. They look like glitter basketballs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they look like glitter basketballs. Mm-hmm. If you would just get a fourth dimension, they'd look like a dope elf. Do you think if I tapped into the rest of my brain, you know, guys, the human brain, we only use 3% of the uh, human brain. I'm not sure. If I could use the other 97% of my brain, Cam knows, uh, no, Cam knows it's true. No, I would be able to perceive fourth dimensions. I would be able no. to, I wouldn't need to go on hag legging, hen legging. No. I would just be on a permanent hen legging because I'd be so elevated. Right. Yeah. And then I'd jump through you and I'd kill you. <laughs> right through you, you did. Oh, don't mess with that. Jump elves. through you and then I kill you. Baby, feeling so fine. What is that song? I have no idea. Jump up, touch the ceiling. Baby, I feel so nope. fine. Jump through you, then I kill. Okay, all right. Um, Have you guys ever seen any of your favorite musicians in real life? Maybe. They're machine elves. Now that was a <laughs> jump and a stretch that you just did, and I don't know how we got it. Jump and a stretch. They do want us to jump around a lot, or maybe they're the guardians from the machine elves. The machine elves trying to jump through us, but they're saying oh jump around, gosh. jump, jump, jump around. So they, they they miss us every time. I gotta give this a big old livid, especially because it matches up with my lifestyle tip for the day: believe in yourself. 
it takes a lot of confidence to step up into somebody else's dimension and just go, oh, you guys are idiots. Oh. Trying to get freaked out by how dope I am. Kicking down the door and I'm fresh as hell, looking like a glittery sphere. That's a lot of confidence. And this has definitely inspired me to redo my OkCupid okay profile. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> so double thumbs up. And if you could see in the fourth dimension, you'd see I have hundreds of thumbs up on the crystal elf lifestyle. Live it. I'm still going to give it a leave it. <gasps> Boy, howdy, do I love my control. And I do not want to be anywhere near some kind of fourth dimension where I don't have the upper hand, but some glitter balls do. Also, where does the name Machine Elf come from? It's because of the way that they can like create things by singing that it's sort of like a machine and that they're like churning out objects from their mouth of the okay. ball. I'm just imagining this guy <laughs> high as hell making himself a ham sandwich and then he looks at the ham sandwich on the plate in shock. Oh my god, the, the elves sang the sandwich into existence and it's so real if people knew about it, the world would go mad. I, I have to eat this to keep the secret <laughs> man it's so fucking bullshit that i have to redo these three credits man i mean if it was just me and jerry garcia he'd take me straight to the elves man and i wouldn't have to do any of this bullshit man. i brought machine elves to you guys and you know thinking about it sometimes you get scared when you're out in the mountains alone because you're like anybody could be out there there could be a bear there could be a cougar there could be just a serial killer looking to kill campers because that's what serial killers do yeah but thinking hey at any moment i'm also surrounded by machine elves in a dimension just beyond my sight and they'll watch me die <laughs> <laughs> that is a comfort to you <laughs> yeah it's a comfort. i at least have witnesses they, and anybody if police should take dmt and interview machine elves all the time oh my yes, god we saw in the whole thing <laughs> You want the murder weapon? Hey, <laughs> there, I just sang it back into existence. It's right there. So I'm definitely going to have to live it. Wow. Where's the Machine Elf crime procedural show that we need starring <laughs> Tilda Swinton and Benedict Cumberbatch as two Machine Elf cops gone off the cuff? <laughs> what's, that, what's that show called? Is it just Florence and the Machine Elf? Florence oh, <laughs> and the Machine that's Elf. Cute. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> All right, y'all. For this week, for our little podcast, Little Life Pile, I've got a very special game called Microbiodiome or Go Phone Home. Oh. That's right. It's our special <laughs> game. <God>. Microbiodiome <laughs> or Go Phone Home. Oh, my God. <laughs> so boys and girls, I know you've all seen the show before, and I all have the board game at home and you play along, but just to remind people out there if you've had a concussion recently, the rules of the game are simple, okay? This is based off of the research that has been done that has found that the gut bacteria in your intestines has a humongous effect on your behavior, moods, and attitudes. And there are studies on this that you could research, but I decided it would be better to just make up some stuff oh. and uh, you can email me about it all angry with big, bold red text. So, for instance, in one NYU study, they gave some lab rats some activia and they found a cure for cancer. What? They learned how to do science oh, and I... the rats cured cancer. Okay. 
No, it's true. But do Google this because they have found studies linking behavior, moods and attitudes to the flora and fauna in your gut. Mm. And by mass, like if you gathered all the bacteria in your gut together, it is by mass the same amount of mass as your brain. Wow. Which off the top of my head, I want to say is 30 pounds. So that's a lot. (laughs) And it's also like you have to have that gut bacteria to live. Like some of that stuff is in a symbiotic relationship with us and it breaks down the food so that we can digest it. And without it, you can't digest. So it's a brand new study. We're learning all kinds of things about it. But every lifestyle blog, vlog, Pinterest you go to is telling you what gross, stanky stuff to eat to get the most richest, most beautiful, most effervescent gut tract bacteria that you can. So microbiome or go phone home, we each are going to pick which person, alive or dead, we would like to have their gut bacteria you know whoever living or dead you get to switch your bio gut flora fauna with them now here's a little twist is that every time somebody picks their person that means that Ryland loses a point and Ryland <laughs> has to do an impression of E.T. doing an impression of a famous oh person. I like this. <laughs> okay. All right. Right? This Isn't is this fun. fun? This is a fun game. Microbiome, macro, microbiome, or go home. Oh, so speaking of Activia, I think I'm going to go first. I would transplant with Jamie Lee Curtis, okay? She's been sponsoring Activia for years, which means a lot of free samples and having to eat it during the shooting, you know? So she probably has a very rich fauna, plus she takes care of herself. So I'm thinking that's a healthy old gut there, 40 pounds of bacteria hanging around in Jamie Lee. Plus, she was in True Lies, and that was an amazing movie. Can you believe... Who would have thought Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis would have such on-screen chemistry? No one, we never saw it coming, and it was an American masterpiece. Here's the thing that I don't think you're aware of, Cam. She was also in the Elizabeth Taylor biopic. She also had a hit single on the pop charts called Rumors. She also was in Parent Trap, where she was her own twin sister. That's right, Cam. Jamie Lee Curtis has more than just biomes inside her. She has Lindsay Lohan inside her because they switched bodies back in the early thousands <laughs> in Freaky Friday. Uh, uh-huh. So Cam, oh you are picking Lindsay Lohan. Cam got a two in one. Cam got a two in one. Double the gut bacteria. I'll have a very healthy Jamie Lee Curtis oh, gut shit. biome. And also I'll have a gut biome that has seen some stuff as well. That has mm-hmm. like seen some stuff, you know, ready for anything. Battle tested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang, yeah. I don't know how to top that. And that's going to be a tough one. But I'm going to go ahead and make the sound here on my soundboard. That means I uh, completed it. Oh, yeah! And uh, that's a point for me and a negative one point for Ryland. So, Ryland, why don't you go ahead? And I want to see an impersonation of E.T. doing an impersonation of Tilda Swinton. Here, wait, hold on. Let me let me listen to Tilda Swinton real quick. Whenever anybody asks me about my favorite performance, I have to tell the truth and say that the donkey, or rather the donkeys, because there must have been many uh, in the songs. 
<laughs> Just gonna stop that right there. The many donkeys that performed with her. <laughs> Wait, she portrayed a donkey or she played alongside donkeys? I don't want any more context no, than right. I already have. I've been in a lot of donkey shows, let me tell okay, you. E.T. as Tilda Swinton at a donkey show. Uh, I love donkey. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. Thank you. Number one shot. You're beautiful. Okay, Cam, whose turn is it? Dylan, I think it's your turn, bud. You're right. It is my turn. And I've got a celebrity for you that I would like to inherit their gut, Flora and Fauna. My choice is a warrior, a battler, a contender, sometimes uh, controversial because folks say that he is too powerful for his own good. I'm obviously talking about Kirby from the Nintendo oh. franchise. I think he's got not only a vastly rich tapestry of gut flora and fauna, but there's some microbiomes going on in there that let me inherit the powers of whatever I eat. So if I eat Cam, I get Cam's powers of knowing things about philosophy and human history. I get the power of Activia to balance the irregularities in my Kirby tummy. I get the powers of Jamie Lee Curtis, and I get the powers of Lindsay Lohan. So... I went and done did it. And the beauty of this is that he's been running around this planet for decades now, sucking on everything in sight. So yeah. that's a lot of exposure. That's going to be a very rich fauna, let me tell you. And if I didn't already have just a line of boys down the street from Chicago down to Boise, word gets out that Dylan's got suck powers like nobody's business. That line just got three times longer. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough structural support on this bench. We need to evacuate this bench or 5,000 men will die tonight. Dylan, I would be scared to have Kirby's powers because there's parts of humans floating around us all the time that we suck in without even realizing <laughs> Wait, it. Wait, what are you talking but about? Farts, he's talking about farts. <laughs> Um, farts dead skin cells just any i like uh, a chef makes ew. you food he's gonna get a little bit of himself in there on accident even if he's trying not to this is what <laughs> rylan sounds like when he's trying to explain to the health department why his restaurant shouldn't be shut down a chef makes some food a little bit of him ends up in there that's not a problem it all comes out the same hole in the end am i right God. after the expose that my chicken is actually 75 percent human <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but I, I, so I feel like you would just be constantly inheriting powers of people you didn't even realize you sucked, you know? Oh, man, I just learned a lot more about Japanese anime than I ever wanted to. I mean, I, I'm every woman. It's all in me. <laughs> and if that's my lot in life, so be it, baby. All right, well... It's your blessing and your curse. So, Cam, what's the point standings look like right now? Well, let me go ahead and make my special soundboard effect. That means Dylan's won a point. <laughs> Good job, Dylan. You're plus one point. This puts Ryland at negative two points. <laughs> and Ryland, as punishment for being bad, I'm going to let Dylan pick which celebrity you will be hmm. doing an impersonation of E.T. doing an impersonation of. <laughs> Microbiome or go phone home. <laughs> I mean, we're in the neighborhood. I, I think we got to give Ryland E.T. doing a character from Super Smash Brothers. 
I think Ryland should do E.T. as Captain Falcon. <gasps> oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm in a Mariscar. Perfect. I love Ryland's Perfect. like elderly northern Italian interpretation of E.T. Well, the actress that played E.T. was a northern Italian elderly That's woman. So <laughs> every day at the end of shooting, she'd make spaghetti for everybody in the cast and crew. Oh. Okay, okay. For me, who am I gonna suck? Who who's microfauna and flora will I put in me? Uh I think I have to do Stephen King. What? Because that guy is so prolific. He has one of the best work ethics in the world, it seems like. He's written how many books? Like a thousand? Stephen King has... Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a thousand, but it turns out it's only 94. But only it's still 94, 94 books. How many books like have you written, he, Ryland? <laughs> Zero, there. but if I suck Stephen King off, I'd be writing books every no, day. You did just change it just a little right there <laughs> with what we were doing. <laughs> Mr. 94 books a second. I would make so much money. And yeah. he's a creative guy. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read any of his books, but I know people like them. So You know there's a lot, and that must be good. He, yeah, and he ha- he was hit by a car what and survived so he has super strength too is that real very prolific that's gonna be a strong yeah that's gonna be a strong biome dog that's a good one yeah definitely i do feel like you're not giving enough credit to the decades of coke that he did because you get that biome is that on record yeah, he was a big old coke fiend. Oh. He, he, I've heard stories that there are a couple of books he wrote that he does not remember writing. Whoa. <laughs> he would just get wow. coked up and really drunk and write for hours. Sorry, Ryland. So is, oh, that's dangerous. I mean, I'm already me. And imagining me just suddenly inheriting decades worth of cocaine. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. And, and ninety-four scary story, spooky scary stories. Oh no, your brain oh, is going to turn into a haunted crypt <laughs> on coke. On the bright side, we might be able to use your jittering body to demolish buildings. Oh, that's true. I could be a source of power for people. You know, hmm. green energy, baby. I'm shaking. Well. Did did Ryland do it right, Cam? Did Ryland earn a point for picking Ryland? Let me tell you, Ryland did everything right, and that's exactly why Ryland gets negative one point. You fail. (laughs) I did say in the rules that when anybody ever did it, they would get negative one point for Ryland. So that puts Ryland at a negative three points, and I'll toss an extra point over to Dylan. Dylan, you won this game. Doesn't it feel good to be a winner for no reason? Isn't it satisfying? Mm -hmm. And now, Ryland, you must do an impersonation of E.T. doing an impersonation of Captain Jack Sparrow on Microbiome. (laughs) Go home, phone. 
home. Well, at first, <laughs> before I wrap up these beautiful impressions, I do want to reiterate, I made the rules very clear, Cam, uh, last episode. I think if I made you go these back rules pretty listen. clear as well. I think they're pretty clear rules, but it doesn't say in the rules that you do an impersonation of E.T., doing an impersonation of Round, complaining about the rules. The rules just say that you do the impersonation now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I just need a reminder of what he sounds like. So give me just one second. Yep, I'm good with it. All right, there we An go. Iconic that line. Was him. <laughs> Classic. When I think Captain Jack, I think, yep, I'm good with it. I mean, basically, ET already did this impression after he drank that beer in ET. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm good let with me it. just <laughs> channel channel this. <laughs> There we go. Perfect. Oh, it's spot on. Can you imagine if something with the body of E.T. and the voice of Ryland moved into your house one day and got your boy child drunk? Oh. Yeah. When you think about it from that angle, E.T. is not cool. What was up with that scene? So he was telepathically connected to the boy. So when E.T. got drunk, the little boy got drunk in school. Jeez. He connected with him on the machine elf realm. Uh-huh. Is E.T. not just what a machine elf would look like? without his glittery robes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can tell he's ready to jump at any moment. Well, you guys, that's everybody's favorite show, Microbiome, or Go Phone Home. Tune in next week when we'll be playing this again and making round into impersonations of E.T., doing impersonations of people being shocked with electricity. Boys, we've all thought about it. We've all seen the articles in our feeds. We've thought about tapping out of the rat race, getting back to what it means to be a human, our natural essence. We've thought about learning a trade so we can earn a living with some good, honest work. Perhaps we become a craftsperson who builds bespoke tables or farms raccoons for their bittersweet teat milk. We'd find ourselves a cool hippie mama who makes absolutely banging roast cauliflower nuggets and plays the harmonica while we sit in our two-person hammock. And our parents would file a police report because they have absolutely no idea where we are and we didn't tell anyone we were skipping town. And we'd grow a beard and shave our pubes so nobody could recognize us and we're not in trouble or anything we just really wanted to change but however we envision the dream materializing we've all thought about it getting a tiny home (laughs) but having a tiny home comes with some tiny problems if you got a tiny home you got to live life on the run a little bit. Hardly any cities in the U.S. legally allow tiny houses. Typically, homes in residentially coded areas are required to have a proper foundation to be hooked up to the city power grid and utilities and to meet a certain square footage requirement. Cities typically allow for tiny homes to be classed as, quote, guest houses, but that means you got to have a regular sized house already on the property. So what's the point? Yeah, I think the city ordinance in most cities is that you have to be able to be in the house at the same time as someone else and not smell their fart. And that's the problem with the tiny homes is that automatically once you're in there with somebody else, you are smelling their fart. Right. Yeah. And that violates all kinds of fire code. Yeah. City ordinance. So tiny houses are occasionally permitted to exist in RV parks or trailer home parks, but then you got tiny homeowners who tend to think those (laughs) neighborhoods are unsightly and undesirable and they're too uppity to live there so not a lot of people do that 
So many tiny homeowners choose to solve this problem <laughs> by towing their tiny home around constantly and setting up camps in secret. And then to do that, you need to meet several towing restrictions for wide loads. Nobody's going to jump on wide loads. You boys are evolving. <laughs> Interesting. So if, you, if you're driving your tiny home down the street and you don't want to get pulled over, tiny homes can't be more than 8.5 feet wide. Otherwise, you need a police escort to drive it anywhere. And they can't be more than 13.5 feet tall. Otherwise, you start crashing your house into bridges that you're driving under. Oh, embarrassing. So why even tiny home? Are there any tiny positives to tiny home living? <laughs> Simply put, tiny homeowners are looking for an affordable way to be alive. Some tiny homeowners cite wanting to lead a less materialist life. Others say the opposite is true and they want a house that can be as luxurious and customized as possible. And having less house is a good way to have the extra money to do that. Kevin Rydell, a tiny homeowner in Richmond, Virginia, says there's a bit of a pressure to build a niftier, cuter, tinier, bigger, more cleverly, more artistically designed tiny home, etc. And he says he was inspired to live in a tiny home by what he calls gospel poverty, where he lives with less to focus on his spirituality more. You got a town in Spur, Texas. It's a slowly dying small town with a population of 1,318, and they declared themselves the first tiny home-friendly town in the U.S. in an effort to keep their town alive, and they've removed the minimum requirement for square footage for residential zones and started selling quarter-acre plots of land for $250. Wow. Cute. But, like I said... Spur's goal is to get folks to stay, so they're demanding tiny homeowners remove the wheels and axles from their house, build a foundation, and connect to the city's utilities. You got a teacher's community in southern Arizona. This girl, Sydney Scherer, is the first person to move into a tiny home that was built on land that the school she works for owns. And the home is the first in an upcoming compound of tiny teacher homes that the school is planning. (laughs) The homes range from 400 to 600 square feet in size with rent and utilities and Wi-Fi added together. Her total monthly bill is $550. Sydney says it's actually plenty of space. We've come up with a lot of good storage solutions. So y'all. Do we want to live a tiny home life exactly like Jack Kerouac imagined it? Or do we want to leave that life behind and settle down like some sort of pedestrian? I think, and this is a close issue to me, because shout out to Mamala Johnson. What? Mamala and Papa Jay have been looking into the tiny home lifestyle. No way. Yeah. 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 Cool. Your parents get cooler and cooler. Oh, they're... They're hip. They're hip jazz cats, let me tell you. But I feel like I'm the only one with the foresight to say, hey, the emperor has no clothes. And there's something very dangerous at the end of the tunnel here. Which is to say, we think it's all cute and fun now, but this is what the Hell's Angels were before they got their reputation for being tough and rough and tumble. Okay? Now, who who are those? <laughs> the Hell's Angels? That sounds like a girl group. <laughs> Only the toughest, roughest, meanest, bitingest, spittingest, angriest group of one percenters that ever hopped on top of a hog. I'm talking about the Hell's what? Angels. They're the ones who killed that guy at uh, the Speedway. What? <laughs> the ended it's a bike gang. The, it's a bike, bike gang. You don't know about the most famous <laughs> bike gang of all time? No, I don't know about this group of wealthy bike owners who <laughs> murder people at Speedway. About that one percent. It's a weird. I don't. It's like their logo. I'm a one percent. Yeah. So thing. in the '60s, there was a bunch of 
men who came back from World War II with PTSD and did not want to live the cookie-cutter, white picket fence lifestyle. They wanted to be adrenaline junkies and live crazy madcap lives and get wasted and go crazy. So they got into bike gangs where you'd ride around with your leather jacket, transport drugs, and be a gang member, generally. Hot. And uh, it became such a cultural thing of being like, ooh, bikers are gang members and they're dangerous and bad. They're like, mm-hmm. movies got made about it and stuff and it was a cultural phenomena. And then some like police chief or head of the FBI was like, hey, you guys, this is really blown out of proportion. Because only about like 1% of bike gangs are actually criminal organizations. Mm-hmm. And so all the criminal organization bike gangs started wearing patches that said one percenter. It's like, yeah, I'm the 1% that is a motherfucking criminal and will murder you. Wow. Yeah. And the like the popular like end of the summer of love, the end of the hippie era, it was kind of like opened by what's that big music festival? Woodstock. Woodstock, Wood- right? It was kind of like the opening of this summer of love. So they tried to put on another free concert that was supposed to be just like that, but it happened at the Altamont Freeway in California. And some guy in the crowd pulled a knife on one of the Hells Angels. <gasps> so the Hells Angel shot him to death. Whoa. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, this whole free love thing is uh, kind of um, uh, hollow, maybe? So, tiny houses. So, <laughs> pretty soon, my dad and my mom are going to be riding around, cruising around, looking for some lot to set up their tiny house in, covered with leather jackets all patched up with all their crime lingo. Yeah. And my mom... What? Is going to be running security at Bonnaroo Music Festival so that she can get the $250 she needs for utilities and so she can hook up her tiny house in the lot. And then while she's running security, drinking the beer that is her income, she's going to be drunk and some guy's going to start a fight with her and she's going to shoot him dead. And it's going to be the end of the cultural era. OK, no tiny homes. Leave it. You're not allowed to live it because you're going to turn into a bike gang. Wow. Yeah, Cam, if there's anything I've learned from criminals, it's that they like small things. They like small, uh, tiny stuff. <laughs> they're just obsessed with them. They're always getting the smallest cars they can, the smallest dogs, yep. the smallest houses. Yeah. I love the idea of a tiny house because I love the idea of like uh, Japanese micro apartments where everything is fold down. Sure. Like you basically live in a broom closet, but then, oh, this wall comes down and there's my kitchen yeah. and I put that back up and then this wall comes down and I go a bed in it i love the idea of a one of those beds that you can just put up into the wall and then you can murphy bed yeah the murphy and then you can roll around on the floor where your bed was because that's (laughs) fun (laughs) (laughs) rylan's like those little mice that live in the desert that roll around in sand to take a bath Oh, but uh, like, you know how many people in this world say, oh, I wish I could do a puzzle, but I ain't got no room. So no puzzle for me. I could put my bed up and do a puzzle. dude. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's saying they don't have enough room to do a puzzle. Maybe people in those micro apartments. And when I'm doing a puzzle, I like to know that I won't get to sleep until that puzzle is finished. It's nice to have a time constraint on your puzzling. What is it about mobile domiciles that bring out the human need 
to solve a puzzle. The only time, like I could say 80% of the times I've done puzzles, I've been in an RV of some kind, which is preposterous because you're rolling down Route 66 and those puzzles are <laughs> blapping and beeping all out, out of the table. You lost one. It went out the under the stove you got. It's like in the Murphy bed. If you do have kids, how do you escape them? There's people who live in regular size homes who like practice group bed where they sleep with their kids from like the time they're incepted through like the time they leave the house and they just have one huge bed. <laughs> have like, a great time well, in college, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. So like there's people who are living on top of each other in regular size homes. It's not a stretch for me to imagine that folks would. I mean, they certainly don't all do that in tiny homes. I was reading about families who have like a separate lofted bed for their child on one end of the tiny home and then a king size bed for mom and dad on the other. No group bed ever. No group bed. Why, why not? Gross. What? Why would? <laughs> uh, why would? Well, when we rent, Kim and I have talked about this. We're going to rent a tiny home for that road trip web series that Life Pile's doing next summer. And we're planning on doing family bed where the three of us that's are in the i'm bed. down with family bed for a day or two but family bed from zero to 18 years old no if you're born feeling like that's like the standard then you're never gonna be tired of that you're gonna love it the when entire you're time in puberty and you're getting wet dreams right next to your mother uh, no fucking thanks all right. that's so, just well, and i want to yes. point out that rylan said well how do you escape your kids and rylan i think you're missing one of the the best advantages of the tiny home which is that if you have too much and you need to escape your kids you can just hook up the tiny house to your car drive it to the old <laughs> creek out behind grandma's house and park oh. the tiny home in the creek and now you're free of the kids <gasps> no. you've escaped you're good all right and it was quick and easy and simple some of these are absolutely gorgeous if you look at some of these tiny homes they get up there like people cite like i'm sure uh cam's parents and the hell's angels would they cite tiny homes being good because if you make one yourself it could be as cheap as like thirteen thousand bucks for just like a bare bones what you need tiny home can you imagine buying a tiny home and then discovering via internet pictures that a pornography had previously been filmed in your tiny home There'd just be no way to get away from it. It could be any home. You wouldn't be able to think. (laughs) No, I mean, this is, it's so cleverly designed. It's so specifically made. You know, it's your tiny home that they filmed this porno in. And you'll never get away from it. You'll always think about it. What is this example? <laughs> are, P- are porn studios breaking into people's homes to film in their bedrooms? I'm sorry, do you live in a home you built? Do you know all of the dirty films that have been filmed before you were there? It's not, that apartment has always been in your hands. You don't know what's... with Those walls could talk, Dylan. You think I live in a porn studio? I'm saying none of us know. Wait, that's the, that's the slide from the loft. <laughs> Has this happened to either of you? <laughs> Recognizing the slide from my loft in a porn video? No, no. not yet. But Ryland would know that slide anyway. That's not what that slide's for. I go back. I struggle with this because it's like there's a lot of ways you could you could view this. There's the whole like, oh, I'm a minimalist and I don't like possessions and I'm like holier than thou because I have a tiny home and you're a capitalist pig who lives in a 
McMansion and you're a slave to your things and your objects. And then there's the other half of this where we're in like late capitalism and we're glamorizing living in like a rolling tent, like poverty. And we're like, see, this is fun, right? Millennials. You can't wait to grow up, live in this tiny little box. And it's like the, the cultural divide between us and the 1% who are riding around on their motorcycles murdering people is getting wider and wider. It's true. I, I do think that we have gotten to a point where we don't need to be like we don't need houses to be the size that they are. We're just comfortable in them right now. Sure. So it is sort of like, hey, be happy with your tiny house. But also, how about we kind of reevaluate the space that we need and the impact that it has on our environment sure. to build houses that size all the time for people that don't really need them? Uh-huh. Oh, you guys want to hit this or what? <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I'm looking at these pictures of these manufactured homes and some of them are very cute, but it reminds me a lot of the manufactured home and the trailer park were invented after World War II because there was a boom in the demand for housing. And, uh, so when manufactured homes came out, I'm sure they looked all very cute and nice like this. And no one had yet seen what a manufactured home looked like after you cook meth in it. Sure. Which is now the image you associate with it. And I feel like the tiny home movement is very new. And we're seeing now images which are not the images we're going to always have of a tiny home. Because pretty soon we're going to have a post-meth post tiny house image as our go-to idea of what it looks like. Because it's like these are all homes of like people who have it together and things are going good. What about when you get depressed and that living room table has a stack of beans three feet high? Right. And that is all of the space that you live in. Yeah, and it can get dirty very easily with just a couple cans of beans. But also, with that amount of space, it's pretty easy to clean up, too. True. You know, you can't get it that bad. Like, True. it's only so big. They were talking about, though, how, like, these little benign objects in our lives that can disappear into, like, cabinets and closets are suddenly, like major players in the play that is your life like a laundry basket is something that goes in the corner but when you have a tiny home your laundry basket is like your dining room table yeah and and you i'm sure you easily get to the point of like is it really worth it to have a blender like right. where where am i gonna put this thing yeah you know i tell you one thing if we all moved into tiny houses at the same time we would find the yeti within a week okay why? The only reason there's some disagreement about whether Bigfoot is real or not is because not enough of us are outside anymore. All right. Yeah. If you ask the founding fathers, they all believed in Bigfoot because they were outside. The only reason we don't believe Wait, in really? Bigfoot. Yes, Dylan, look this up. All the founding fathers <laughs> believed the Bigfoot exists. Look this up. Oh. Research it. And the only reason we don't believe is because we're inside all the time watching freaking Nickelodeon on the TV. Why don't you put down the phone, turn off the TV, go outside, get some fresh air, and you're going to see Bigfoot. And you're going to realize Bigfoot was in the window behind you watching Nickelodeon <laughs> with you the whole time. You just didn't lean back and offer him some Cheetos. If you could tear your eyes away from SpongeBob for one second, you could look over your shoulder and 
and see the Bigfoot. You fucking I do idiot. think that that is a great point, Cam, because I, in college, I had a roommate and it was the most often I was leaving my room and <laughs> I had to just es- escape this person. Sam. And so substitute roommate for my child and <laughs> bam, like I'm, I'm outside way more often and my kids are home playing with the Legos. The yard looks amazing. The yard looks so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ryland is so prepared to hate whatever child he has. He is like <laughs> extremely ready. Wait, so, Ryland, where did you land? Were you pro tiny home? Oh, I love tiny home. I love it. Fold out everything, fold in everything, fold up everything. I'm down. Live it for sure. All right. And I think I'm going to. I'm going to live it with the asterisk that there's so many stipulations that I'm not going to be too pretentious about it, but I'm not going to be too materialist about it. And I'm not going to have a roommate (laughs) and I'm not going to have a child that I hate. And I am going to collect rainwater, but I am going to take small poops and I'm never going to fart. And I'm going to have a window that I can jump out of uh, next to my bed in case the whole thing catches on fire. And it's going to be under 13.5 feet and eight feet wide. Tiny home. Live it! And I just want to say one more time to emphasize, leave it. Because it's nothing but a life of crime and cooking meth ahead of you. Leather jackets, one percenters. Uh, But if you want to send us pictures of your dream board with all your tiny home ideas, tiny home pictures, you can send them to lifepileshow at gmail.com and we will live and leave living in your tiny dream home. This is Life Pile Podcast, the little podcast that could. We want to thank Mechanical Elves for teaching us about the fifth dimension. We want to thank Aliens for the DMT. We want to thank Scott Davis for doing the music for our show. And if you have any voicemails you'd like to leave us about your experiences with machine elves or tiny homes or whatever Cam talked about, (laughs) you can do so by calling us at 720-663-8163. You can also text that number or email us at lifepileshow at gmail.com. But if none of those tickle your goad, you can do what Dylan has to say. That's right. We do have social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you post on any of those with the hashtag lifepile or at us at lifepileshow, we could give you some customized lifestyle advice on air. If you want to catch me this week, I will be having a team of neurosurgeons shrunken down to the size of a red blood cell and then injected into my body, where they will then travel up to my nervous system to tickle my pleasure center in what is the most expensive and most extravagant synthetic club drug that's currently out on the market. (laughs) Kim, what is the name of that club drug? Shukatal. Oh. Party juice. They call it party juice. I like it. If you want to find me this week, I'm going to be visiting the lab that created Shrinkatol Dioxin Party Juice and asking those guys to turn me back into a first grader so that I can use my newfound abilities to cry on command in order to get anything I want. If I want a low-interest house loan on my tiny house, I can get that. If I want some ring pops, I can get that. If I want Amber from first grade to be my girlfriend again, nah, I'm going to pass on that. I'll see you at the labs, girls. I just love the image of a bank saying, I'm I'm sorry, sir, but you're a child. We can't give loans to childs. (laughs) 
Okay, no, it's all right. No, I'll give you alone. No, it's okay. You can have a tiny house. No, it's fine. Don't cry. It's all right. We'll give you alone. All right, where do I sign? <laughs> and if you want to find me this week, uh, just look in the sewers outside Stephen King's house. I'm going to be breaking into those pipes and stealing all the gut fauna I can get. So, catch me. Oddly enough, that is going to be the premise for his next novel. This terrifying man in my toilets trying to eat my turds. That's what it was about. This is Life Pile. Light your life on fire. Life Pile. Life Pile.